Have you ever looked at someone thriving in their business and wondered, how did they do it? Have you ever thought that you can't have mental health and success? Have you doubted your own ability to create a financially thriving career that still has your well-being at the forefront? Well, welcome to the Boardroom Brain Podcast, where we tackle those very questions. I'm Dr. Lauren Cook, and I'm a clinical psychologist and speaker that takes you behind the business and inside the minds of today's most successful and personally thriving leaders. We're taking a look at our guests' secrets to success, how they bounce back when they've been knocked down, and what advice they have for you. Oh, and I've got another motive too. As a clinician and company consultant who frequently sees employees struggling mentally and knocking on the door of burnout, I'm invested in having conversations about how we can bring more wellness into company culture. I want to make sure that everyone has the absolute best work experience that we all can have. And I believe that includes making sure our businesses are invested in their employees as people, not just as time card stampers and payroll lists. So get excited to listen, learn, and leverage your own leadership skills. These conversations will help you tap into your own bravery while helping you reprioritize your sense of well-being, both at work and when you're off the clock. So step inside the conference room with me and welcome to the boardroom. Your brain is about to get a major bonus. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode of the Boardroom Brain Podcast. I have an absolutely outstanding guest joining us today. I can't wait for you to hear all about Alex Blaine. So let me go ahead and introduce him to you. Alex Blaine entered active duty in July 2000 from the state of Massachusetts and completed basic training at Fort Jackson, South Carolina, and advanced individual training, or AIT, at Redstone Arsenal, Alabama. He was awarded the job title of Avenger Systems Repairer upon completion of AIT. During his enlisted time, he has held various management positions. In September 2007, Alex commissioned as an Ordnance Warrant Officer from the U.S. Army Warrant Officer Career College, or WOCC, at Fort Rucker, Alabama. His awards and decorations include the Bronze Star Medal, Meritorious Service Medal, Army Commendation Medal, Army Achievement Medal, and various awards that constitute his time in the military. Additionally, Alex has a Bachelor of Science in Business Administration from Columbia College, Missouri, a Master of Science in Management from Troy University, Alabama, and is currently attending the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill Keenan Flagger Business School for his Master of Business Administration, or MBA. Alex is currently serving as Human Capital Manager at U.S. Army Human Resources Command, or HRC, in Fort Knox, Kentucky. And when not working and doing schoolwork, Alex and his lovely wife, Charlotte, plus Noah, their son, love spending time outdoors. Alex, what a biography. Oh my goodness. I cannot wait for people to get a chance to meet you and hear your story today. Thank you for coming on. Oh, thank you, Dr. Cook, for having me. I know that's a long, elaborate uh, bio. Uh, Hopefully I didn't kind of like put myself too much on a pedestal. No, no, own it, own it. On this podcast, we are all about owning it. And it is so good to to just get more background on your story. So let's start at the beginning. And and first, I want to say thank you for your service. I'm sure you get asked this question a lot to start out, but what made you want to enlist and and serve? That's a good question. I always get that a lot. I think uh, initially I came from a background where I didn't have any family members in the military. So I was the first one to join the military. Um, I think it kind of happened a little bit. Well, I used this story when I was a sophomore in high school. Um, I wanted to get out of calculus class. And at the time there was some army recruiters coming 
they're like, hey, we're going to offer an ASVAB test. And I was like, oh, okay, that's a good way to excuse to get out of class. Because um, I like math, but I didn't want to do math at that day. So I said, okay, let me go and take the test. Um, I scored pretty well on it, um, oblivious to it. I was like, okay, cool. Um, and then after that, I started receiving some phone calls from like the Air Force, the Navy, uh, the Marines, and the Army as well. Um, I solicited, I listened to it as well. Um, and then, you know, during my junior year of high school, one of my friends, um, actually, he was going to listen to Marine Corps. And I was like, wow, we can go in together as a team and everything. And then during that process, talking to the Marines, um, I didn't really get a warm and fuzzy, no offense against the Marines, but I felt like the Army gave me a little bit better opportunities and stuff of that nature. And then before I was actually 17, so I had to actually get my mother to sign for me um, because I was under 18. So I had to have a conversation with her because initially she wasn't going to sign it. Um, and then reluctantly, she did sign it. And then after that, that's how I kind of came into the Army and it took its path to where I am now. Wow, what an incredible story. I, I Not to get too personal, but I wonder how your mom feels now that she's seen your, your evolution, your path. She's uh, very proud of me and stuff of that nature. Um, initially, she was a little hesitant at first um, because, you know, I was her only son and she wanted, you know, like, hey, what's going to happen to you and stuff of that nature? Are you going to go off to war immediately? Um, stuff of that nature. So she kind of knew inherently the risk that was associated with it. Um, but now she's kind of like, she looks at it. Sometimes she wonders like when I'm getting out, but I said, I'm having fun. So until that moment does happen, then that's when I'll make the transition. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you hinted at this a moment ago, you know, even with your friend interested in joining the Marine Corps, you ended up joining the army. There's so many paths that you can take and, and it really is such an evolution. I'm curious your thought, looking back on your, your whole journey with the army, how have you seen it evolve through the years? Uh, it's definitely evolved initially, rightfully so. It has to evolve with the times and everything else. Um, I say it definitely evolved with, like I came in pre 9-11. So during that time, it was a different state the military was in. And then obviously once 9-11 happened, we kind of changed, um, especially with the wars and everything. Um, it did take a little toll, you know, initially at first with the repeated deployments, but I think it self-corrected itself as the years went along. And then towards now, I can see more it's towards a people-centric organization where they actually, you know, put more interest into the employees, you know, us as the military and stuff. Not to say it wasn't done in the past, but now it's definitely more prevalent. Mm, that's good to hear when you say it's more people-centric, it's more focused on that human experience. And that leads me to my next question. You know, what has been a meaningful experience for you when you look back on your, your journey in the military? I'm wondering if anything comes to mind. Uh, I think it's meeting people and going on the adventure. I think that was one thing that enticed me in regards to the military was seeing the world. You know, I was from Boston, Massachusetts. So besides being in the Northeast, I haven't really seen the world and everything of that nature. Um, the military allowed me to see the world plus and meet some amazing people that are wicked smart and everything. And it's just kind of looking on it. It's just the, the lives you touch, even the people that were in short term or still serving now. And kind of like, you know, for me professionally and personally, you know, how I've changed. You know, when I first came in the military, I was kind of, you know, I was young. I was adolescent, low immature. And then as I went through along, I, you know, I had some good mentors, some good people that kind of teach, coach, and mentor me. And I've always taken that and always try to pass it forward to people behind me, try to help them get to where they need to be. 
Mm, that is so gracious of you. And it's like you're reading my mind because one thing I really did want to ask you about was how mentorships have impacted you. We talk a lot about that on this podcast of generationally how we can support each other. Can you tell us about, I'm wondering if a particular mentor comes to mind for you who maybe made a big difference in your career and your life? Yeah, that's great. I would think I have one mentor particularly. Um, he was my first platoon sergeant. Um, he was kind of in charge of me um, when I was at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. That was my first duty station. Um, he was a very, because I grew up, one, I'll say I grew up without a father. So I was, a, you know, growing up with my mom and, um, and my sister as well. So she was a single parent raising us. She did a phenomenal job. Both of us went to college and got, you know, higher education. But he was more or less kind of like a father figure to me. Um, he was tough but fair. Um, but he definitely gave us an approach with like he was honest and upfront. He was a person of faith. And then also he, you know, he was married and had uh, children as well. And he always bring us in as a platoon together. And he always kind of say, hey, you know, Army is a long term business. Um, so obviously, if, depending on what your goals are, you know, use the resources and opportunity that's there for it to better yourself and also, you know, for your country, military and also professionally as well. So he was always one that kind of pushed me into the right direction. Even when I said, no, I'm reluctant. He always kind of gave me a good pat on the butt and kind of pushed me along. <laughs> oh, well, I hope maybe he'll be able to listen to this podcast episode today. Yes. I'm sure he's so proud of, of all the steps that you've taken in your career. I mean, it's pretty wild when you think about you joined, you know, before 9-11, 2000, 22 years later. I mean, what, what a career you've had so far. Yes, it definitely has. It's, you know, initially when I came in, I said, okay, um, I'm going to come in for four years, um, use the Montgomery GI Bill at the time, um, and then, you know, go to college and stuff of that nature, because I was interested in engineering, mechanical engineering. Um, and then towards the four years, I kind of, you know, I sat there and said, okay, well, you know, I kind of like it. You know, Army's not too bad. It's a great organization. Um, so I said, okay, I'll re-enlist and stay for a few extra years. Um, and then that led into another seven years and then another re-enlistment. And then uh, I think it was in 2007 when I was on a deployment and I said to myself, okay, Alex, you're kind of at the crossroads. You're kind of either you could pivot out or you could stay in and make this a career. And then another mentor of mine um, kind of pushed me to go into the warrant officer route. Um, and then initially I was like, no, that's, I'm probably not going to get selected and things of that nature. And he said, no, you need to go ahead and apply. So I was sitting there and just, did the packet, which is a tedious process, kind of like a college application, getting letters of recommendations, writing a bio about yourself. Um, and then sure enough, when I submitted the application, um, one of my other platoon sergeants contacted me and said, hey, Alex, you got selected. I was like, oh, he's probably joking. And then sure enough, I went on the computer, logged in, and sure enough, I got selected. So <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, things you don't think about, like that people are there in place um, to help you get along and stuff of that nature to kind of push you to move to a different path when you think you can't do it yourself. Mm, that is really inspiring. Those people along the way who tell us, hey, I really think you should go for this. Why not? And isn't it interesting? Like it probably could have been easy to just be like, no, I don't think it's going to work out. But that person came in and said, no, you've got to go for it. And yeah. look how that's changed the trajectory of your life. That's pretty incredible. It is. It is. It's it's a blessing. I always talk. And it's, it's funny you say that because the other day I was at a, uh, a clinic for medical things and I had a E4, which is a lower enlisted. Uh, she's like, what's your rank? And I told her and I told her my job and everything. And I was like, uh, she's like, I'm thinking about going war officer. I was like, oh, perfect. 
So I just automatically started giving her information, resources and stuff of that nature. Say, hey, if you need anything, reach out to me. Um, she had her daughter with her. So she was kind of juggling, um, you know, with mommy duty and stuff of that nature. But I say it's a great opportunity. Army's always there to give you uh, great opportunities um, if you want to take it or not. Now, it's not for everybody, but I told her it's a tough path, but it's a path that's feasible. And if you want to do it, it's always there. Mm, how wonderful how I'm hearing you recently got the chance to like pass it along for someone else. And who knows like how that conversation that she had with you will impact her life. That's, that's the beauty of mentorships, I really think. Yes, um, definitely. And I'm curious for you, you know, we talk a lot on this show about resilience and our career paths are never easy, right? Or linear. There's a lot of bumps in the road. I'd love to hear if you're open to sharing about maybe a tough time that you have experienced and how you have been able to work through that in your career journey. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you have to be, um, nothing's ever easy in life. I think that's kind of like, you know, we try to make, you know, I'm an optimist, you know, I always look at, hey, things are going to be great, but there's going to be days where it's tough, um, especially, you know, going on either deployments or long things or somebody that, you know, that has passed. Um, it's always been tough. I know for me personally, um, I've known uh, some of my uh, fellow friends and things that have passed away during war. Um, it's never fun. It's never easy. But, you know, we say we we knew what we signed up for. And we also understand that we're here as a brotherhood and sisterhood to support each other when we're down. Um, I know talking, especially to other people kind of helps me personally, um, not to have it bottled in and things of that nature to kind of say, Hey, this is what's bothering me. And then also, you know, the stigma that the military is trying to go away is mental health. If you have a personal problem, mental health is always there for us to provide resources and things of that nature. Um, you know, no one looks at it as, Hey, you're weak or, you know, while you're doing that, they look at, hey, that's a great resource. Use it. Because a lot of times, you know, you know, especially as juniors, when we look up to people, we think they're like, you know, superhero. They have a cape and everything. Nothing's going to crack their shield. But, you know, ne- you never know what anyone's going through. So always having somebody to talk to um, just to say, hey, this is what's on my mind and things of that nature. Because, you know, mental health is a serious thing, especially you never know what anyone's going, especially PTSD. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm so, so glad you speak to that. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't include that in our conversation today. I'm a psychologist, you know, yeah. you're actively living the experience of having served and gone on deployments. You're seeing firsthand how this impacts people's mental health and your own lived experience as well. And, right. you know, even as we're recording this conversation with everything going on in Ukraine, right? it hits people in a different way, you know, who have actively been in war zones and and seen these these things, I'm sure. And, you know, one question I have for you, how can we as a society, we as a community support those in active duty, support our veterans with their mental health? I think that's just understanding them. I think a lot of times, um, I don't know if I have the numbers right, but there's only a small, small percentage of uh, Americans that do serve in the military. I think it's less than 2%. And then there's even a lesser percent who actually know somebody who is a family member or somebody connected, um, you know, in regards to military. But I would say just, you know, understanding everyone has a story and just kind of giving that person um, a benefit of a doubt, especially I'll use an example, transitions. Um, I know a lot of some of my peers and people that I talk to in HR, seeing how I am in HR, um, that are making that transition. And some of it, they say it's, it's just, 
it's different from, you know, structured military to where we are to going out to the civilian sector, where it's a little different, where you might have a boss or somebody who's never served in the military doesn't understand what we did and, you know, the sacrifices over the last, you know, time they were in the military. I think it's just understanding their story and just kind of being patient with them as well and kind of understanding that transition. Um, one thing I would say is just, you know, you know, we always hear this, uh, the slogan, thank you for your service, but, you know, we actually do say, you know, thank you for your support as well, because a lot of times, you know, depending on, you know, why that person joined the military for whatever personal reason, sometimes, you know, just acknowledging that is one thing as well. And just kind of understanding their situation, especially if they come into your job and they're trying to understand, you know, the culture and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I'm curious to hear your comment on this too, because with anything, right, whether it's related to active duty and service or sometimes just mental health in general, right, if someone's experiencing depression or suicidality, sometimes we can really tiptoe around it, right? We don't want to say the wrong thing. And I'm hearing from you, if I'm understanding right, no, we want to talk about these things. We want to tell you about our experiences. You don't need to, to shy away from a conversation. Let's connect and talk about what your experience was. Am I hearing that right? Or how can we build these connections? Yeah, definitely. I think it's always just talking about it and having that conversation. And, you know, just like, like anything else, you know, even if I never joined the military and then I had somebody that, use an example, that worked for me that wasn't in the military, I would try to understand them. You know, because one, I don't know what their background is and how they serve their country and things of that nature and understand where they're coming from. Then it helps me think of how can I help better help that individual in regards to their career development or just like any day-to-day tasks as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just and learning and talking about it, right? I mean, yeah. I know for, for me, I believe the book is called Fred and Me. I hope, yeah. are you familiar with that book at all? No, I'm not. Oh, okay. Um, I should share it in the show notes, but um, it's a man detailing his experience of serving in Afghanistan. And he, there were a lot of dogs, I guess, that would be around and he kind of adopted this dog and he really details his experience of what it was like to serve. And I think it's just so important that we consume content like that. We watch movies, like we just build more understanding and awareness because- To your point, you know, with only 2% serving, I think it can become easy sometimes for people to not always learn about it. And it's so important that we do learn and talk about it. Yes, definitely. Yeah, because it's it's a sacrifice and it's something, uh, you know, I always use the example, it's uh, not everyone does it and not everyone can qualify for it. So when you do go in, um, you know, like for me, I've been in the military like going on 22 years. So I know it's going to be a transition you know, when that day comes, when I leave the military to understand how the civilian world works and things like things that I do in the military can't necessarily do in, you know, the civilian sector and just kind of understanding like, hey, you know, they're not, they're against me. They're here with me. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's very powerful. That That's a quote right there, I think. Yeah. Um, and what advice would you have for somebody who's listening to this conversation today and is thinking about enlisting, whether they're in high school or perhaps maybe they've already gone to college? You know, I think sometimes there's even a stereotype about that of when it's an okay time to enlist. Um, what, what advice would you have for someone who's considering? Yeah, I would give it from my perspective. Um, I think the military... It's great. It gives you a lot of opportunities, um, depending on what your goals are. If you're looking for educational, leadership experience, job experience, uh, seeing the world, uh, meeting your actor, uh, 
dynamic people working with some awesome equipment and things of that nature. Um, you get to travel the world and things of that nature. Um, also the military, you know, we have a plethora of different uh, jobs. We're diversified as well in um, regards to how we look across America. You know, we try to look like America and act like America as well. Um, I'd say, you know, if you're a high school graduate, you know, look at it particularly, um, even if it's not active duty, there's always the reserve and national guards, um, depending on your situation as well. And then if you're a college student, there's always opportunities, you know, to pay off your student loans or different things of that nature. Um, we're always hiring, as, a, as we always say, um, and we would love, you know, to anybody to join our service as well. Because, um, you know, we're trying to sell a story and, you know, the military is always there. Um, we've been doing it for 200, 226 plus years. So we're always here to help anybody. Mm, mm, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I've worked with a lot of college students who have been in ROTC and there's just, there's incredible community in it. And I feel like for everyone that I've talked to that has served, I hear time and time again, like what a community it is that's unlike any other, that those relationships you form with people, there's nothing like it. Yeah, that's definitely true because relationships matter. You know, even if your goal, like for me, when I initially came in, I was like, okay, I might just do a few years, but the relationships I met are phenomenal. Some of the people that I've worked with have gotten out, they've worked for Fortune 500 companies. We still connect, especially social media, LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. um, you just never know who you might meet and where that person might go, or even people that are still in now, mm -hmm. um, you know, how they've moved throughout the ranks in different organizations. And it's just, you know, like you could pick up a phone or send a text or even a, a Facebook message, say, hey, such and such, yeah, you know, they'll stop what they're doing and help you out immediately. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I 100% I believe that. And speaking about relationships, tell us the relationships in your life. You mentioned your wife, you have a child. How do you balance the work that you do and being a student and having these important relationships in your life? Uh, <laughs> it takes uh, resiliency and patience. <laughs> and having a really good uh, calendar, <laughs> uh, I would say it's uh, it's a balance. It's a um, like anything else, you know. There's going to be some sacrifices as well. Um, I think one thing that me and my wife, my um, wife Charlotte, that we have a rule is whenever we have dinner time, we try not to have any electronics, no phones, no computers, or anything. It's just actually quiet time, talking to each other and things of that nature, um, and just having an open dialogue. I know. With communication as well saying hey I have a tight timeline would you be able to watch the baby for a little bit and vice versa and I'll cover down as well mm -hmm. um, I think it's just kind of time management you know there's 24 hours in a day it's how you manage those 24 hours and then also you know personal health as well because a lot of times um, and I've known people and myself too is we go 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 and then you know we let our body deteriorate or lack of sleep and then you know that leads to different things as well I think it's just having the right balance as well Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I would imagine that you got some of those time management skills from your time in the military that maybe that has been a part of, you know, all right, here's the routine, that organization, that ability to stick to the schedule. I imagine that's something that you've gotten from your service even. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely helped me as well. I think that's one thing that we kind of put individuals through is stressful conditions um, in regards to how they can react under, you know, when it's really, you know, as we say, we train as we fight. So having those tough, realistic trainings helps you prepare better when it's actually live time as well. Um, I say initially when I came in, I wasn't good at it. 
But as the years go along, I've gotten better at it, you know, time management, how to organize the day um, regards to what's really a priority and what's I could kind of wait until the next day because I always say work's going to be there um, no matter if you finish it or not. So it's just kind of figuring out what's your priorities. You know, sometimes I, you have to balance it with family and work as well. I feel that so much, Alex. <laughs> work will be there tomorrow, but sometimes those little moments you can't get back, you know, reading a bedtime story to Noah, for example, I imagine, yeah. you know, having those dinners, I think it can be so easy to kind of push things to the side, but you can't get that time back, you know, so it, it does really make us prioritize what matters the most, um, you know, and yeah, it definitely does. Cause yeah. Cause I, I know, especially with newborns, um, you know, each day is memorable each day is a new event so you can't cut those times back or it's like or even having a, a conversation you know with my boss and say hey you know there's a time hack where I'm gonna have to leave at this time um, due to an obligation and stuff and my boss is very receptive as well um, things that nature because they understand the type of work that we do I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. And, you know, to expand on that a bit more, we always love to have conversation with our guests too about what they do for wellness in their own life on a day-to-day -day or a weekly basis. I'm curious to hear from you, Alex, what are some of the things that you do for your own personal wellness? Yeah. So I like to do uh, volunteering work um, and like to stay active. So there's a volunteering event. It's two to two. Um, it's basically a nonprofit. Every third Saturday of the month, we provide meals to a uh, kind of like a halfway house or a wellness center in Louisville, downtown Louisville. Mm -hmm. um, and we love it and stuff. One of uh, the coworkers that are replaced, she started the organization, kind of kept it going and stuff in that nature. Just helping out with the community. I think that's kind of a, one of my wellness because just to give back um, because it definitely gave back to me and my family uh, growing up. Uh, one is kind of uh, outdoorsy. I like to hike and different things of that nature to stay active as well because it makes it fun um, as well, especially bringing Noah and bringing him into the world and kind of seeing those. But now once he gets older, he can change his mind on whether he <laughs> likes it or not, but at least exposing him. Oh, there's nothing like seeing that child wonderment when their eyes light up and it's all new for them, right? Going on yes. a hike, everything is novel. So I think it makes even you see the world in a different way sometimes, yes. you know? Yes, definitely. Um, and I'm always so inspired by our guests because it's interesting you mentioned how you intentionally take time to volunteer and give back. I do hear that so much in, in the conversations, you know, that we have on this show. You have a busy schedule and yet you still make time to volunteer. And I hear that with some of the most successful executives and business leaders that we have on this show, you included, that really says something that you make time for that still. It is. It is. It definitely is giving back. I think, uh, you know, like growing up, my mom always said, hey, you know, because my mom was an immigrant. She came to the United States from the country of Haiti. Um, and, and later on, she got her U.S. citizenship, but she always says, hey, you know, take advantage of what's out there and also give back because, you know, when we initially when she came here, you know, she didn't have much and stuff of that nature. And there was so much that was provided to her. So I said, OK, let me give back to the community that helped uh, my mom, especially me and my sister growing up. And I said, why not? You know, because it's like even like helping a home like we did a Habitat for Humanity a few months ago, just helping a family you know, put up a new roof or things of that nature, or even serving a meal to an uh, individual, you know, somebody might not think of it otherwise, but that might be the highlight of his day. You know, like, hey, somebody came in here, made us a home-cooked meal, 
Um, thanks. Obviously, I'm not the chef. We have a chef, Regina, who does all the good things. <laughs> they, they love her stuff, but it's always good just to give back. Oh, that is inspiring. I hope people, one of the takeaways that they get from this episode is to go sign up and volunteer to serve, you know, especially yeah. now things are really feeling more back, back to normal in the way of like getting to do yeah. things in person. So I hope people tuning in, go sign up for something as a, as a call to action from this conversation. And yes. my last question that I have for you, Alex, we ask this with all of our guests as the final question. What do you hope your legacy will be? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I don't know. That's, I think it's still being written. I think it's uh, not over yet. Um, I would think hopefully people would think of me as somebody who was help them out, you know, give back to the community, who was kind of a good mentor, um, someone who was always honest and upfront, um, someone who kind of didn't, you know, I always try to be transparent with people as well to kind of give them. Now, with the transparency, I try to give them like expectations and how to achieve their goals as well, not just be someone who's negative as well. Um, but hopefully it's something positive, I would think. Um, I don't know. That's tough. I would say it's still being written. It's, it's oh. not closed yet. <laughs> Beautifully said, still being written. And I would say still being written till our last breath. You know, yes. that's never a final chapter. So, yes. and you know, one thing I love about this podcast is that I think in some ways it does capture part of your legacy of the things you believe in, what you stand for. Um, hopefully it will stand the test of time, you know, for, for even Noah to hear this conversation someday yes. and what his dad really believes in and how he left his handprint on the world. So, um, yes. I, I'm glad that we were able to do this. What a joy to have you on the show. I think, you know, people will learn so much from this conversation today and just how gracious of you to pass it on by sharing your experience with us today. So thank you so much. And before we go, tell people where they can get in touch with you if they want to learn more from you or perhaps as well, you know, if they are hearing this and feeling like, you know what, this is my sign that maybe it's time to enlist or learn more. Tell us how people can take the next steps. Yeah, definitely. So one, if anyone wants to reach me, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Alex Blaine. Um, just send me a connection request and we'll, we'll definitely connect. Or if you want to talk more, we can set up a time, um, especially with technology, with Zoom and everything. Or if you're in a local area, we can meet for a cup of coffee and stuff of that nature. Um, in regards to enlisting, you know, I say go to your local uh, recruiter station um, that's there within your city, wherever it may be, or go to Google and put in Go Army. Um, and then you obviously see different websites and different programs that the Army provides in regards to what might fit your uh, needs specifically. Um, just kind of see what you want to do um, in regards to, you know, each path is different. You know, my path is different than somebody who might go in there and do something and just see what works best for you and your family at the end of the day. You know, we're always trying to tell a story and we're always looking to add more people to our dynamic team. Mm. Alex, it has been a joy and an honor to have you on the show today. I wish you nothing but the best moving forward, especially with your sweet family, with Charlotte yes. and Noah. How wonderful. Thank you again for your service. And thank you for taking time to be on the Border and Brain podcast today. Okay. Thank you, Dr. Cook. And thank you for your support. And I'm always happy to help. Oh, take good care. Bye, you too. Alex. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode of the Border and Brain Podcast. 
Let's cultivate those networking skills starting today. Share this episode with someone who could benefit from listening and leave a comment and review to let me know what you think. Subscribe to get all the latest episodes and don't hesitate to tell me who you'd love to hear on the podcast. Don't forget that you're always welcome to watch the YouTube version of these episodes as well if you'd like to experience this conversation visually. I always welcome your feedback and I hope today's dialogue sparked your own insights. Here's to fostering those healthy brains both in the boardroom and beyond.